Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Ed, stop wanking off in front of the TV. You're making that funny noise again. What noise? That rustling noise, it sounds like you're... Oh, don't do that. That's so wrong. <laughs> I've moisturised my cheeks are too slippy to do it. <laughs> but it's not your cheeks that are slippy. <laughs> oh, not your cheeks. Not my cheeks. Isn't that funny how if you how you uh, intimate, is that the right word? Intimate certain words that can have a whole different meaning. Like, um, I bet it's not your cheeks that are slippery, or I bet it's not your cheeks that are slippery. See? Two different By meanings. Same, yeah, same, different words. Same, same words, completely different meanings. It's not your cheeks. No, that's, that didn't work. <laughs> no. It's got to be the main words, isn't it? Or, there's, a, there's a funny comedian that does it with eyebrows and saying your eyebrows can be the, like, can make something very weird or very normal. Um, it was stuff like, um, oh, you have a daughter. Oh, you have a daughter. This is not going to work when no one can see your eyebrows. Well, you can. I so can. you can laugh and be like, oh my God, yeah, it's so funny. You did also intimate as you did it in the same way, though. So you also did the audio version, not just the visual. Did I say it differently? Yeah. Right. Well, there we go, then. There we go. There we go, then. Johnny, what are your eyebrows doing? Not a lot, really. No. I was about to say, you do realise again, no one can see your eyebrows other than me. Ed. <laughs> it was, it, his eyebrows were wiggling almost as good as the kids in the Cabri advert. Huh? You ever see the Cabri advert where they were, yeah, like jiggling their eyebrows up and down and then everybody was trying to do it and posting photos on Facebook. And what, was it within the last 10 years? Yeah. Then of course like... I haven't fucking seen it. I've got Sky Plus. Who watches adverts nowadays? <laughs> it's probably about five or six years ago maybe I don't know oh since uh, the invention of Sky Plus don't tell me anyone actually sits there and watch adverts anymore I don't even uh, watch li- I don't, I, like live TV I don't even watch adverts because I just pause it and then I just fast forward the adverts so I don't waste my time watching adverts genuinely if I've got a football match I, always, I usually start a football match 15 minutes like late so that way when it gets to half time bin that off just go straight on to the second half the only time I really watch adverts are Alex's because she hasn't got any form of recording, fast forwarding, oh, rewinding in her bedroom. Her, so she does at home, but not in the twenty first century. Jesus. No, no, no. So well, we uh, she might she might not need to. Well, I was going to get her one of those uh, recording freeview thingies uh, just for make life easier um but uh, we might she might not be at home for much longer so um mm. might be a waste of money Ooh, might not be at home for much longer oh, mm. dude, pray tell we've uh, we've got a couple of house viewings this week um, Ooh, very yeah, fancy. Exciting. yeah so it's a uh, no, big first big step into the big boy world um now you need to start to learn what bills are <laughs> and essentially all these little bills that come out you think I didn't know people paid for that I didn't know people <laughs> true story my friend uh, moved out with his girlfriend who is happened to be Jenna's friend they did meet because of us um, they are now married with a child by the way anyway by the by when she first moved out because she lived at her parents at the time when she moved out 
she uh, didn't realise she had to pay for gas and electric. Really? I was like, who it's... the fuck do you think paid for it? <laughs> I, th- I think... Alex is going to be a bit like that. Yeah. Maybe not so much now. We've kind of spoken about it a lot more, but I do think she thinks that like food is ready made at half past six every night, and it's yeah. just like magically appears on the table. Um, what, what's this? When... I was going to say, say, what's this? Fourteen pounds a month for a TV license? What? <laughs> uh, I, I think. Uh, she thinks if you put your clothes in the corner of the room magically, the next day they are, and this is the crazy thing, literally next day they are washed, dried, and ironed. Um, and mother's got a tight ship. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a, a bit of a learning curve for her. I have lived on my own before. so um, uh, Her mother's got a tight ship. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> Don't you start changing the way I've said that. <laughs> you said her mother's got a tight ship. Now, I, I believe the phrase is she runs a tight ship. Yeah, okay. She runs a tight ship. Which would mean she has a ship That's with tight. a. <laughs> no, she runs it tight. It isn't tight. She runs it tight. Uh, there's a ship and it runs. Yeah, well, that means a whole different thing to the kids nowadays, mate. So don't be talking about um, Alex's mum's tight ship. <laughs> smut. Smut. You're so smutty. Well, that, that'll be a shock to the system then when she moves out. I think it will be for her. Yeah, but. And someone's posted, cannabis is illegal because there could be no cancer. And that means less money for Big Pharma. If the guy wasn't a giant cage fighter, I'd probably think, I'd probably tell him you're a fucking bell end. What's that got to do with our conversation right now, Jonathan? Nothing at all. I just, I have to say it because it's fucking ridiculous. Wow. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Moving backwards. <laughs> oh, look at his face. He looks like an absolute smackhead. Oh, that's not him. That's just a oh, right. I was say, I thought you were scared of him, Johnny. You're oh. from the Valleys, mate. You could take him. No, he's like a 19 stone ex-European champion kickboxer. Yeah, that's why his oh. face is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get podcasting? Because it's like half nine. We are podcasting. What do you think you've been doing for the last six minutes? Well, yeah, I didn't know we were fucking recording. Oh, Jesus Christ. have <laughs> been talking bollocks for the last half hour, just waiting for Brad to press record at some point. <laughs> We've been recording for ages, Jonathan. Um, That's why I said, what are your eyebrows doing? How are you? How the devil are you, my friend? Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Well, you're too, too busy sh- shaking your eyebrows up and down, I think. Well, then all we can see. Unless they go on, unless they go on YouTube. What 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 have you been up to, mate? What have you been doing? I went for um. We went to fight the black shape in his chest. That's for sure. Oof. No, <laughs> that hairy one. Mm. When Johnny when, resembles a gorilla right now. I do, yeah, that is true. But we did try and find a black bear in the wood today. Because Eliza, yeah, Eliza was done done the back of the woods the other day, and she saw I can see a black bear. And it was, it was a very large black dog. But every time when the wood, now she wants to go, let's go and find the black bear. So we were trying to find a black bear. We ended up finding a gruffalo and a snake. So that's, that's what I did today. Then I trained legs this evening. It was disgusting. Then um, the cluster set on leg press. So 12 reps to failure. Don't drag it. 10 second rest. 8 to failure. 10 seconds rest, six, three. Disgusting, one set, done, wrecked. At the end I, would, of the I would call that a rest pause in a cluster set. Someone, I think, are they called 
someone calls someone else is it a Mayo set or something ridiculous Mayo reps. yeah Mayo rep um, I don't know Mayo reps was come up with by um, what's his face um, somebody Mayo no um, oh, why can't I think of his name I'm going to have to google it because I'm trying to remember what oh, basically Mayo reps are just like um, either drop sets or yeah like rest pause where you're just trying to do it um, increase metabolite build up because basically yeah. the, 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 obviously it's an efficient way of training to obviously get a good pump cell swelling build up metabolites etc um, so yeah it is horrific it is horrific it's terrible feels like a leg is going to fall off I'm just going to stop there mate Borge Fagali that's his name sounds like, real uh, foreign yes he came out with the concept, although I've noticed in his blog he does say he must give credit where credit's due to Matthias Vernbom, who uh, presented the most comprehensive meta review to date. So, on it. Yeah, lovely. Well, I included it anyway, as in that was part of I think the thought that by reading a bit further, it suggests that it was a meta review on strength and hypertrophy training, which included things like occlusion training and my reps and stuff. So, well, not my reps because obviously he didn't coin that term, but basically the same protocol. It is a good. It isn't a good way of training it if it's time because it's time efficient. If you've got a like, lack of time, they have a good way of doing it. Because I was, I think it was like quarter past seven or twenty past seven. I had that call up bar, so I got one exercise left. So I'll just do that instead. Fucking wreck me. Yeah. Feet yeah. Do it at the end of it. I think I think the sort of thing is good in. It has a place and it's good in periods. Very good for time efficiency. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll ever replace traditional training, but no. Sometimes it's nice to do in. I know some people that do only do it. I think the problem with it is it's probably... I think you'd, you'd lose its stimulus quite quickly. Like most kind of like um, metabolite style training, like all the things we talked about really, just then like rest pause, drop sets, cluster sets, bloody um, myo reps, they all have a place, but I don't think it's something that you can really kind of get long-term growth out of. Yeah. You're better off periodizing in, in kind of like smaller blocks. So I think even if you, even if you got out, if you think you know you're training for half hour, you could have a big you could have a good session in half hour if you just did, I don't know, four exercises or five exercises just to win warm up one set of that. Yeah. And we know it again, don't do it all the time, right? But if you had half hour, you could brutalize your legs in half hour and do that. Yeah. You could kill yourself, but how much volume you would manage. Yeah. Well you wouldn't um, need as much volume, that's the whole point of my No, race. no, I know, I know, I know. Um so when I did that leg day with Tom Platts a few, uh, well, it was a couple of years ago now. Um uh, you know, I, I only trained oh, with I the best, leg, you see. I did a leg day with Tom Platts. Oh. <laughs> um I I literally did one set. I had to suck him off to get him to do it though. <laughs> I had to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um I only did one set, one set of leg extensions and like, I couldn't walk for like three days afterwards. And that was just one set. So if you've got somebody who's a bit sick with you and you only have 10 minutes, then you could you could kill your quads if you wanted to or kill your hamstrings just doing one absolute brutal set. Yeah. I, I think I'd struggle to do it um, unless it was someone like Tom Platt's absolutely beasting me to get it done. Yeah, and you've got 15 other guys watching you thinking, just, this guy looks a bit of a fag, he's not going to be able to do it. Just um, one, we don't like the, that use of that term or that word, Ed. Come on, don't offend people. And two, just move your mic away from your uh, top, will you, or whatever it is, because it's making a little crackly noise again. Crackly crackle. There we go. Um, I did once train with um, a psycho many, a couple of years ago who was training was like 
ball to the wall, spoon every session. He was horrific. And he, he was the sort of guy who would laugh while he was doing it. It was like insane. And I couldn't give up. I couldn't. I was, I was, I was fucked all the time. It was like, you go on the leg press. So you'd have, like he'd start on, you do a warm up, 50 reps, which is mental anyway. We'd have 13 plates aside on, but then we'd go five reps down to one plate, and then five reps all the time with the plate back on every time until you, until you could not push it anymore. And he'd do that twice, just on leg press. Then he would do dumbbell squats of like 50 reps, leg extensions, anywhere from 100 reps, 50 to 100 reps for like six sets. Same now with string girls, same with calf raises. You know, I felt like my legs were broken weekly. I think with training like that, I'd find it so hard to feel motivated to go and do it unless I was, you couldn't do it every week. You'd have to do it every four or six weeks, something like that. Maybe in your overreaching weeks, so like every four weeks or so. Um, but I still think I just, to get yourself in that mindset to really, to really mess yourself up, um, I, I, it's tough, isn't it? It's This is what we said in the last weeks about the tra- t- training myths, where I, like, I, I made the point around like not tracking your workouts is is obviously not ideal on that basis of that at some point you've got to know what to you kind of got to know what to beat because I don't think just kind of naturally you could get yourself up to kind of push yourself hard enough so I think you just that, that like I said it doesn't take into the psychology of lifting for mm. oh my god I just don't feel like it today or this feels really this seems like a really heavy weight I'm sure I must be doing lighter than this or I shouldn't be like because I think if you just try and go ball to wall just and hope for progression, just I just I think the psychology just stops that happening because it just becomes all I, too much to think about and being too hard and just like the thought of lifting such heavy weights just is just so detrimental. I've done a few times. I've gone. Fuck me! Did I do our last week? It seems so so heavy. Yeah. It's too hard to do our line. You, and you do with it, but then you end up beating. You think, well, actually, if you didn't have that log, you would but, never know what you did last week. Because people who say, because I've seen this. On a forum, as um, on, a forum, on, on a Facebook group, did a bit. So really intelligent people in there, but it's, a lot of them talk absolute fucking bullshit because they big lumps. Oh yeah, all you gotta do is just train how you feel, man. So no, like ninety nine percent of people that doesn't work for because people don't want to push themselves that far, and you and you can't ever know how you felt last week to this week to the week after to a month ago to six weeks ago. No. So you can't. There's no way you've you forget you forget that you did like you said you forget that you managed to achieve a weight because you then a week goes by and you go back and you look at that weight and think that seems a ridiculously hard weight and you're like oh, I'm not going to try that again or that or, or you think I oh, know I didn't try that I didn't there's no way I lifted that I think it only re- it only really makes sense for top tier genetic freaks who can do whatever they like and grow or they're at the point where they can't really put on much mass because they're at terminal mass or terminal strength. You know, they're so big that then they're almost just training to maintain what they've got, not progress. Because when you're like 20 stone with abs, it's not really far much where you can go, is it? So for them, I think, right, I can see why you do it. But for any normal human, you need to track something. I think the only way of taking in how you feel, it would be the like the auto-regulation of things. So... Like, that, if you that's still got you still got a method of tracking even if you are auto regulating 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just taking like the that kind of thing from tra- trainers. You feel, yeah. So if you feel absolutely beaten up and you're kind of warming up and you, you're not, you know, everything feels really heavy, then you would kind of auto regulate that using an RPE scale or something like that. That's what you'd you'd be able to track and work to, and and then you'd know right. Okay, well, I was feeling a seven today. When was the last time I felt like a seven? Oh, I've actually did a bit more than that, and you know stuff like that. Um, it's uh, yeah. So there's, there's there's ways of training how you feel and tracking progression. Uh, was the point I was wanting to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, well, so jo- Johnny's obviously had a monster leg session. Ed's uh, finally getting out of his um, parents' house. Hopefully. 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 We'll still be like six months down and be like, yeah, still looking. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> um, and I've started diet this week. Or last week, this week, last week, last Tuesday. So what's this day? This will be day seven. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That is day six. <laughs> day six. Day seven by the time the recording comes out. Yes. Um, uh, there you go. How's it going? All right. How's all right. the diet going? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I. I uh, reasonably easy so far as in obviously we were chatting in text the other day weren't we J-Dog but reasonably aggressive ish amount so I'm probably I don't know seven eight hundred calorie deficit so what's that that's like 25% 30% which is reasonably aggressive Not, I mean I could probably go harder if I had to but then obviously I would find it harder um, I think for the at the minute current plan of only well, three more weeks. That's probably a decent and should be reasonally easy to stick to, decent amount. So, yeah, find it all right. I'm just kind of doing the things I should be doing, as in staying away from hyperpalatable stuff most for the most part, um, planning, prioritising, and just sticking to mostly whole foods. And I think if I'm kind of doing that and then avoiding too much food focus, I'm not just trying to do stuff and not think about food, just also regulate as much stuff as possible so it's kind of not really like a food is a food's more like being looked at as a function than anything particularly enjoyable at the moment then yeah I find it pretty easy which I think most people should do when they're in a diet I think you uh, may have just insulted the whole nutrition world there by saying you're in a seven to 800 calorie deficit and you're not working in 500s what, what is yeah, this what is that about did, did you find that are you either in a 500 calorie deficit well, or a thousand calorie deficit yeah it's well it's, it's normally the 500 calories thing just because obviously oh five times seven is three thousand five hundred and that's a pound of fat and a pound of fat a month or a week sorry is a is a good rate of loss isn't it so that's usually just like mm. oh 500 calories thing and then obviously i suppose that's get flipped around for a surplus oh you should probably want to put on a pound so it's going to 500 calorie surplus i went with that purely because i thought what do I genuinely think is a reasonably manageable amount of food that I can consume and not feel like I'm really missing out loads or going to struggle with? And that's why, so it's less, I didn't pick the deficit as much. I mainly picked my intake, what I thought I could stick to. And then it kind of obviously worked out at that type of deficit. So, Yeah, I do that for myself. Because uh, that's the good thing about knowing yourself. And when you know that you can stick to 1,800 calories or, or whatever it may be, uh, you know where, where you can push yourself especially for a short aggressive cut um, like kind of what you're doing so if it was a long term goal then yeah you would take 500 off or 600 off and, and kind of keep keep taking a few hundred off at each time um, but if, if it's yourself you kind of go right okay well I know from previous experience I can stick to 1800 really really easily and that's better than doing 2300 or 2200 or whatever 
Um, and I'm going to get to my goal quicker because I know I can stick to that. Mm. I think um, that's a good approach to have even with most clients. And I've used that with most clients. Kind of said, right, okay, well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's kind of have a look at what um, like energy intake, of, oh, sorry, energy composition of foods. And let's try and see what we can build up an amount of um, for like a, a meal plan for a day and just see what you feel comfortable that you could probably stick to. And then trial that for a little while. And obviously... So it's less about calculating a deficit and more about, right, okay, well, what's kind of like the minimum amount we can stick to? Or I might have taken the approach with some clients of just see what how little you can stick to. Like there's little calories as possible diet almost. And obviously wherever your calories fall, they fall almost. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously some other guidelines and principles around like protein intakes and types of foods and food quality and stuff. But I think that's quite a, I don't see why everything has to be so stringent all the time. You know, nutrition should be flexible. Yeah, well, with the... Uh client at the moment um she was very busy and um just had a lot of stuff going on so she was kind of almost forgetting to eat or not having time to eat and things like that and people would kind of be like no you should always find time to eat and all this but i was just sort of saying well kind of let's just roll with it because if you're only eating eight nine hundred calories a day give or take you know maybe 100 calories for misreporting or maybe another 100 for little bits that you kind of snack on that you don't realize but still, if, even if you're only eating like 11 to 1200 calories, yet your deficit is set at 1500 and 1600 calories, then you're, you're just banking, you're you know, banking weight loss almost whilst it's easy. Um, and that's why like, when you're really busy at work and stuff like that, that's why dieting is really good because you're not thinking about food. Um, so instead of me being like, oh no, you uh, you need to eat more, otherwise you're going to go into starvation mode or something like that. Um I was just kind of telling her to go with it. Um, I, I had to up a protein a little bit and get her to eat a bit more just because it was very, very low. Um, and even for sort of like health levels, I'd want it to be higher. Um, but yeah, it, it, you kind of kind of go with it really and just, yeah, little as possible. And um, and then if, if a day turned around where she was really hungry and, you know, she was having to sort of refeed almost, then kind of go with that but keep to her limit on, on those days instead of like going way over to overcompensate. So, yeah. I, I just think dieting and making diets as simple as possible very underrated that's why things sometimes like although he gets a bash in like Joe Wicks's lean and 15 type stuff where it's just simple recipes that people can um, put like basically put into practice really easily or like apply easily or like low carb like cut out carbs what people think is carbs again so easy to apply or mm-hmm. fa- fasting just saying to people you can eat between these windows or only on these specific days or whatever they're just such easy applicable stuff like that's why they work or they work pretty well for the most part because it's just you know you're just not making it complicated and i think you know any dieting should be this similar stuff and that just find what's the easiest doesn't make you focus too much on food like i i i kind of put some stuff in our group and out on my instagram during the week around um some of this stuff because obviously it was, it was kind of like prominent for me and in my mind at the time because obviously <coughs> me now starting a diet. But one of the things I also says like when people in a diet, they, they kind of go to these extremes or complicated things of making food so like specialist, like trying to find all the snazzy diet foods to try and make things taste as good as possible and just, just really, and really make things like complicated recipes and that type of stuff. I think to myself, it's probably not helping because, okay, yes, you do want food to taste as good as possible on a diet still, Um albeit you don't want them to be like hyper palatable or like ultra processed as such but if you're going out your way to try and like make a uh, fucking i don't know i can't think of like a thing but like some sort of chocolate brownie made out of 
xanthan gum and fucking I don't know whatever just because you can then basically make like a diet friendly brownie you're probably like really hyper focusing you're making your food hyper focused like all you're thinking about is food because you're trying to make these really complicated thoughts and recipes and stuff to go into your meals when actually you should just have a very simple meal get it done and move on as if it's just functional and that would probably be easy to stick to yeah I think for a lot of people they need that the focus taking off food um, 100% because especially if, you, if you've been on a long diet as well that's all you're thinking about is the next meal have I eaten enough am I hungry when's the next meal okay I've had that meal it didn't really fill me up but I'm still hungry so when's the next meal like that's yeah. kind of all, you, all you're thinking I've um, which I've makes li- things worse yeah you sit there and clock I've literally sat there and clock watched like hit uh, like 12 o'clock at lunchtime think right now I can eat my lunch and then I'm now mm. waiting until 3 o'clock for a snack it's like really like that is probably not the best way to go about dieting and like promote adherence yeah definitely uh, i think every, everybody does do it especially if you're a bit of a, a cereal dieter in terms that you you may be bulking and cutting or you may you know just be not very proficient at dieting and have to keep doing it um it's, everybody does it at some point definitely so i think that's all i've got to report on it's been pretty easy um ish had a couple of hungry moments and stuff, but obviously nothing too major. Um, yeah, that's it. It's me. It's me for the week. Charlie, really, really good. Great life. It was a long catch up. Ish. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but we, I think, I, I like to think there was some musing that might add some value to people there. So, and obviously, while we're talking about dieting, maybe we'll talk about the topic in hand today which was really around like the anti-diet culture because obviously i'm dieting but i sh- apparently according to the anti-diet culture shouldn't be focusing on weight loss and that uh, that's not a good diet i think the issue coming about here is i suppose the definition of diet and how that relates to people's goals because if you said like, it depends on who you say it to. So like, if somebody said, I'm on a diet or I'm on a special diet, somebody said that to me, um, I'd instantly then think weight loss. But then when they say, oh, I'm on a special diet, okay, well, they've obviously removed something if it's special. Um, if you turn around to like my mother and said, uh, I'm on a special diet, like I bet she'd think something completely different to what I would. Or if I said it to the next door neighbor, they'd probably you know, think of it as something different again or... Um, even if you just said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on a diet, most people would probably think, oh, you're trying to lose weight. Um, but I think the, the term diet is a lot more broad than wanting to lose weight. And I think this is where people get their knickers in a twist a little bit, maybe, about the term. Uh, well, I don't know. I, maybe. I think, like, obviously, the, the, I think, well, I, I say obviously, I think the term diet is, as you said, widely accepted as a, uh, another word for weight loss. And I don't mm. think diet is necessarily used in its kind of like origins from which I think I'm right in saying this. I'm pretty sure I'm right in this. It's obviously from like a Greek origin of diet, meaning like way of life or to the way to eat or something like that. So it's basically diet is like basically eating. So everyone has a diet almost like it's not really about weight loss and it's not really about anything specific. It's basically just the way to describe a way of eating, a way of life. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it like society has molded and shaped that into something where it actually now means like to lose weight. 
I think this is where this this kind of like movement is really now become really popular over the last well probably a couple of years but more so it just seems like it's everywhere on Instagram at the moment where this like anti-diet culture like it's almost a negative thing to want to lose weight and actually no no one should be doing that and I think obviously like um the non like there's that you'll see like non-diet dietitians or non-diet nutritionists out there that refuse to basically speak or deal with people that uh kind of come to them wanting to lose weight because their method or principle is like no you should be kind of looking at um i suppose supporting health and supporting um well-being as opposed to kind of supporting weight loss and like those things are polar opposites apparently like there is no intertwine which is obviously rubbish because there's plenty of people that need to lose weight to be a healthier individual and there's plenty of people that um well i say there's plenty of people there's also i think in my opinion i don't necessarily think that it's a bad motivation or something like something wrong that people should be doing to say that i want to lose weight to feel better about myself or feel confident and i don't think it's really set like a dietitian's or nutritionist place to tell them otherwise mm. i think the dietitian don't they sound a bit ridiculous I come and do for weight loss, but I'm not going to do with you because you, you want to lose weight. Surely not going to business, are they? But it's just like, well, it's a stupidity, isn't it? Of there. If they said, right, you want to lose weight, okay, we can do that. But we won't just focus on the weight loss. We will focus on trying to lose the weight in the healthiest possible way where, while building habits and making sure that you diet healthily, form good habits that... <clears throat> Healthy well being in the long term, so you can <clears throat> still have a life, still have a social life. Do you think? Mm. All right. so, you mean, so, you mean like a normal nutritionist then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just, I don't know, it's just like it's another movement that doesn't help anyone because you've had all this nonsense about we've got this, you've had like, oh, vegans are the men, this is the super diet, the keto is this, but then. The nation's getting fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. So none of these things are working. It's just another thing to go against the grain of, I don't know, the diet industry. Then it's just, for my opinion, it seems like someone probably started it to make money. Probably. I do. You know I, mean? I do think there's an element of whether it started that way or whether there was kind of more noble. Yeah, or someone's watched it and yeah. taken it up. Yeah, I don't know, but there's certainly I would imagine there's plenty of people that have kind of used that and think, oh, I can we'll carve out that little niche as as to differentiate myself from everyone else in the fitness industry. We know it's a congested fitness industry, like whether it's in PT or whether it's um, kind of nutrition. It's a, yeah, it's probably just trying to be like a bit of a, a USP or that sort of thing, isn't it? I think also people do get some of these uh, kind of hippies type type people who are all like the, the love yourself hippies uh without offending anybody if people have managed to get through 120 odd episodes and uh, only just become offend, offended because i've called them a love yourself hippie then uh yeah i'm doing something wrong clearly uh <laughs> but i think i think there is this kind of craze at the moment isn't there where you, you can't South Park took the piss out of this brilliantly in one a couple of seasons ago with the the whole PC thing, and like you can't say anything without offending somebody, or you can't say anything without being politically incorrect, and um, 
it's just I, th- I think like it's obviously like Johnny's favorite topic to rant about, but um, it, it can be a bit crazy. And I think people obviously are trying to make money from it somewhere because a lot of that's why everybody's jumped on the bandwagon or it gives them a talking point, like, like it's given us a talking point. Um, but I think like anything, it's people have I might be jumping to the conclusion here, but people are just taking things to an extreme too far instead of finding the middle ground and saying, okay, well, let's listen to that and let's take the good things and the positive things and the things that people can um, utilize and use. And let's take that and introduce that to everything else we're doing. So instead of being right, okay, well, you're not allowed to lose weight. You're, does that mean you're not allowed to be in a calorie deficit? Do you have to be at maintenance? Um, or is it just a case of your focus isn't going to be around scale weight and body fat losses and stuff like that? Is it just going to be more about, right, well, have you had your five a day? Can we make that six a day? You know, Are you sleeping regularly? Um, how's your mood? How's your energy levels? Um, I mean, they're the things that any decent nutritionist, like you said, would be doing at the same time, as well as losing weight if that's what they've come to you for. But um, if somebody who is like 25 stone comes to you going, I want to be healthier. You straight away, you'd be like, okay, well, let's take 10 stone off you and you will automatically become 500 million times healthier. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, <clears throat> how much is diabetes costing energy as a year? Cancer. And we know, well, as we've seen the adverts, obesity causes cancer. So these people are almost being stupid by saying oh you don't need to lose weight well actually you should be focused on weight loss because that is like you said directly impacts health my mate is 23 stone he's got bad knees the surgeon said to him lose weight i will not need i will not need to operate on your knees they will get better and they did because he lost weight so if he went to someone as a professional and go right i need to lose weight and they go nah you don't need to lose weight you just need to um you know be healthier what use is that to him zero nothing it's absolute nonsense and it's just like i don't i just don't get it it's like fair enough yeah there's too much stupid dieting where people don't understand what they're doing they fed a lie which is a lot of fitness industry they fed bs this magic supplement this magic pill this special diet and there should be more focus on as a whole as we discussed before sleep on health in general, and the social life, not being food focused all the time. But it's just another thing that's going to cause, it's going to contribute to the nation getting more fat, more unhealthy, and dying earlier. Cancer is one in two now. How many people smoke? How many people drink too much? How many people overweight? If you eradicated those three things in the UK, how many people think we'll get cancer in the next 50 years? Compared to now. Probably a lot less. So I think this anti-dying movement is just a big, I don't know, it just causes much more aggravation depending on how big it's going to get. Hopefully it dies to death very soon. But to me it's just, it's another one of those nonsense things, isn't it? It's like vegans are the best diet, keto's the best diet, this is the best way. It's another one of those things, isn't it? It's another one of those like money-making, let's go against the grain, let's see what we can get on board. Just, I don't know, just gets my nerves. Is irritated. Let, let's just um, like play devil's advocate a bit. So obviously we feel like we're we're kind of aligned a bit more with less with the anti diet culture uh, and maybe more around kind of what we consider just good practitioner and good healthy 
stuff. So they don't, they're not completely opposites. They certainly intertwine a bit. Um, but I guess like there is certainly, I think it's accepted that there is obviously a diet culture out there, which is not a good, necessarily a good thing and has like damaged society to a certain extent. Um, in that like, maybe there's some positives about the anti-diet like movement to say that, um, I guess like traditional diet culture inflicts like on on both men and women as well, not just obviously like women, but you kind of think sometimes like oh, it's like the the diet culture in women is a bit insidious and obviously has caused lots of mental issues and issues of well being stuff over a long like many decades basically, and I guess that's what they're trying to fight against. But I don't know like maybe that is kind of like originally where this this kind of movement comes from and is in that respect quite a positive thing, albeit maybe not perfect, but quite a positive thing. But it's almost like today, in this day and age, it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's just a cool thing to write on Instagram bio, and obviously because everyone else, that's what all the cool people are doing. Do you think it's a case of people have made it sound worse than it is? So a couple of people have probably jumped in and said, look, ladies, stop focusing on diet, stop focusing on what people are telling you stop focusing on the fact that people are telling you to diet that you need to diet that you've got to look like this you've got to look like that and that was kind of you know a very positive message that somebody's been saying and and uh, you know it's a, it's a good thing and it's something that people should should sort of take on board you know if they um if they're already you know a perfectly healthy person then they know they don't need to diet and lose more weight and um and stuff like that um if you're massively obese and you know, you're going to kill yourself because of it, then maybe you should kind of listen to some of the, you should diet as we've sort of said. Um, but I did, do we go on? I was just going to say, I definitely think like there's a huge difference in like people that may be struggling with disordered eating or eating disorders and the way like traditional diet culture might inflict issues with those. So you couldn't say to them, you know, you would couldn't say that diet culture is a positive thing with someone obviously with an eating disorder necessarily, but on the flip side is there are people that could do with obviously losing weight to become healthier. So then you know you could say then actually that is quite a that could have a positive outcome on them. But then obviously yeah. I guess there's, there's yeah. also the aspect of which is what I suppose the anti diet cult, the movement will often like the health at every size uh, movement as well will will obviously also preach in that preach enough that's the right word claim preach i don't know whatever um that you can become healthier without losing weight which is also true you can become healthy without losing weight you know you can you know having a, a more nutrient dense and like most whole food diet doing some exercise um can happen and you not lose weight and a lot of your kind of blood markers and traditional health markers will improve still so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, it depends on who you're talking to, absolutely 100%. Um, and kind of back to what I was, sort of where I was going before I lose my train of thought. Um, so it, it, there could be a very positive message there being put out, you know, whenever that was. Um, and then people have kind of gone and tweaked it who don't understand it and don't understand the message and have taken it and interpreted it into their own way and kind of maybe just warped it a little bit for the for the bad not for the good and then kind of going oh you, you the kind of you know the health at any size type type thing and uh, and then that's been tweaked again and a bit chinese whispery and then all of a sudden people have gone into it to start slamming it and made it sound a lot worse than it is and now all you see is the people 
slagging it off and not so much the original good message. Yeah. Um, that's that's I was gonna say, I think that's definitely true of health at any size or every size. The haze, because mm. obviously, I, I think, and I'm not an expert in the slightest, so I might be wrong, but I, I, I'm under the impression that was created more so for, to make sure that, like, basically, it was fair healthcare available to all people, and that, like, if you're obese or overweight, that you're not just kind of left to be on your own because it's your own fault in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get like definitely, I think a lot of people look down on the health at every size uh, movement because they feel like um well no like you can't be like you know there's certain practitioners I suppose we've all kind of done it to a certain extent I think even with our group where we've said like no if you're overweight you're not healthy you can't be healthy if you're overweight and that losing weight's the best thing you can do for your health and I guess actually that's not a hundred percent what they're motivational or kind of like principles actually are like i don't think they're saying that everyone at every size is healthy i think what they're saying is that um you can be healthier and you should have access to health care and the same opportunities as any size person yeah 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 no it's yeah i, I suppose like just going to your point i don't know if this is what you kind of alluding to or whether like what your thoughts are on it but like that there are people obviously that as I say the diet culture has affected poorly but then there's also people i guess where like the people that are so pro anti diet um are kind of like so black and white that they just purely say like unless you're doing their principles or following their methods that you're wrong so like you know like like actively trying to go in a calorie deficit like using that type of stuff they might think no that's wrong you shouldn't ever do that you should just intuitively eat and you should just let your body decide what you want to do man yeah that's like anything though isn't it you always get your your extremists um and that's why we have some messed up things going on in the world um people who take it too far and whether that's like a, a kind of like a personality thing with them they have to take things to the absolute you know max of what they what they read um you get that with like with most sort of diet cultures don't you You get it with like the vegans and vegetarians and stuff they take everything they read as gospel and they run with it and run with it and run with it and don't really look at the both sides of the argument because they're they're kind of so so blinkered uh almost and instead of weighing up a you know pretty decent argument and coming to their own conclusion they're just following what you know what what, what the, whoever told them the stuff has told them and that, that, that's got to be true because yeah because of this reason and that reason um which probably isn't a very good reason for for believing them and also probably not the truth or not a well-rounded truth no I, that, that's probably one of my biggest things when i read or see a lot of the stuff around the anti-diet movement is like it is very black and white and they don't tend to really see the gray in the middle Mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's everything's a spectrum everything's a, a, a continuum um and people's thoughts lie somewhere on on that continuum and uh unfortunately most people aren't in the bell well, i'm sorry unfortunately some people aren't in the the bell shaped curve where most people are uh you do get your idiots normally that lie either side uh, yeah i think like i guess the like the the anti-diet stuff as well is like that's the, again that sounds like a really like uh what's the word i don't think the right word i was gonna say it sounds like a it's late sunday forgive me basically it feels like like a really like perfect thing to do that's not what the word i was looking for but like 
a bit like intuitive eating really and like you know focus on stuff you'll just magically get the body you dreams you want and you'll magically eat to energy balance or whatever else and like that sounds like super easy to preach and like for the people that are in air quotes naturally the size that they want to be and are comfortable with their bodies and all that type of stuff that is easy for them to say like you know intuitively or you know kind of like you, you don't need to diet you, you know you can just eat specific kind of ways and you'll maintain or manage you know a good healthy weight but you try being someone that has suffered in you know like the the, the, with all the complexities and annoyances of the obesity epidemic and why it's caused and in this environment and stuff you try and be someone who's overweight and try and tell them to just eat intuitively it just doesn't happen it can't happen mm. it's not well, that's what they've been doing for the last however many years and yeah and I'll be honest that's got them. As, as much as Johnny wants to say it's because everyone's fucking lazy and don't move around enough <laughs> sorry Johnny I'm entirely joking um, it's, it, it's just far more complicated than that so again it's, an, it's another reason why I just think like they're it can become quite a preachy subject when it comes from you know that anti-diet movement side. The perf- obviously, the perfect scenario is for anyone to get to the place where they can intuitively eat. They understand the food environment. Then they got a social life. They can drink what they need to. They can go out for food when they need to. They understand calories. They understand right. I know that's roughly this. So they don't te- they don't tell me how to diet to lose a couple of pounds if they need to. It'd be great for everyone to get to that place, but people are not there. People almost have to go through that diet to understand portion control, calories, all that sort of stuff to beget there. So, like as you said, to tell an obese person what eat intuitively is stupid because they are eating intuitively and they're obese because they can't eat intuitively because they're not in tune with what they're eating clearly. But in terms of the anti-diet movement, if, that's, if that was a theory, then yes, everyone should be able to get there, yeah. They should be able to get there. But the fact is, most people ain't there because of the food environment they're in. They've never died before. They don't understand calories. They've never been taught certain things. So it probably has been butchered, like you said. So it could have been, yeah, let's just all focus on intuitive eating, portion control, being a double social life, Loving the body way, the way it is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it'd be great to get to that place. But the, the fact that marriage, we ain't in that. Most people are not in that place. So they need they need the dieting tools taught to them to be able to get to that place in the end to not be able to diet, take a couple of pounds off. Like I said, it's just been butchered by someone on Instagram probably and taken to the mental extreme. That was being butchered. Yeah. Probably supposed to yeah. be like probably someone, some probably someone fairly intelligent who's made it up and gone right. Focus on this, this, and this, rather than solely focusing on weight, because obviously we know the scale can go up and down, blah blah. blah. But focus on other things that cause weight loss. But obviously now it's been caned. Oh yeah, it's not diet. You don't want to be doing losing weight. That does nothing for you. Doesn't do health. And you think, yeah, oh, yeah, you the morons who've got to shout the loudest and make the most waves in the industry, which is like any. Most people shove the loudest and go the most extreme views you tend to, you shouldn't listen to because the moderate people who don't tend to shout the loudest who probably can't market or sell as well are the ones you want to be listening to. It's just like same as everything. The extremes are never right. There's always somewhere in the middle, which is right. 
the grey area. You know what I mean? It's like any diet. But it's just been butchered in it. So now, who, we, who knows who started it and what it was supposed to be? Well, I, I, I think, like, maybe round this episode up with, like, I guess the, the overall principle would have been, like, focusing on specifically weight loss doesn't necessarily bring, like, positive health benefits. But if you kind of focus more on behavior change, you might get weight loss still. And if you don't, then you probably still get some positive health outcomes because you've obviously, the behavior change should hopefully put in some healthy habits. So, um, and I don't, I actually don't think that that's too different than probably what we do as a company anyway. And also certainly I found like personally, I'm over the past probably six months, maybe a bit more, I've worried less and less and less about people's like physical progress and worried more and more and more about their kind of like mental, psychological and well-being. Like the kind of like, I don't know, I was going to say body confidence. That's not really what I was going to want to use either. But like the the kind of like love yourself, like treat yourself with kindness type of approach. I actually think like basically I'd rather someone be happy with themselves even if they weren't really in the, the shape they thought they were going to be in. Like, if you can get someone to be happy with themselves after not losing weight, or you can get someone to lose weight, but they're not really any happy with themselves, which is generally what happens anyway, then why would you not focus a bit more on maybe the the kind of the, the well-being side rather than the physical aspect of having to lose weight? I think that's just a part of being a good coach, though, isn't it? Um, I know, like, with just in the last few months alone... Uh, with various clients, we've pretty much pulled the, not pulled the plug on dieting, but just put a, put the brakes on it because they had other things going on. It was taking too much of an effect on them. Um, you know, various things like that, and just gone right. Okay, well, let's focus on the the, the wider spectrum of health instead of just plowing on with the diet. And then when those things are, are okay, plus we know from. Uh, experience that if you keep trying to be in a calorie deficit and keep pushing and pushing and pushing when the rest of the body isn't you know in in, in a very good place that's not going to help the diet so if you have to put the brakes on for a week to um to sort out their sleep or to to allow them to get over a little stress or anxiety or you know those sorts of things um you're probably not going to make any progress in in in, with weight loss that, that week anyway um, and that's only going to affect them more, which is going to mean another week of no progress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I quite often find just putting the brakes on for a week or two weeks uh, and allowing these things to settle and to, to work you know, so they can work it out or work themselves out. And then you can reintroduce the diet once those are sorted. Um, yeah, and, and as well with kind of going beyond that, more so with um, their social situations as well and being sort of like socially healthy, I suppose you could call it. Um, and, uh, you know, if say like, uh, say, say a client was getting really grouchy with dieting and they were on quite a long diet, they were trying to lose quite a lot, maybe they were really big or they're trying to get really lean and they were dieting, dieting really hard and they were really struggling and that was causing relationship issues or family issues. I'd be the first one to say, let's stop dieting or let's take a prolonged refeed or, you know, diet break or that sort of thing to, to, because at the end of the day, like the reason why you're probably doing it is to 
feel better in yourself for social things. Um, so if you're messing up the social things by trying to get to make them better, um, then what's the point in doing it? Uh, there's a bigger, bigger picture. Yeah, I, I just found like being able to focus more on like getting or I don't need to say get them. Find myself focusing on asking people to forgive themselves more and be kind to themselves rather than, you know, feeling upset that maybe they've not adhered to a diet. It's easy as a coach to go, why didn't you stick to your diet, man? Like, all you have to do is not eat that chocolate bar. But actually, it's a lot harder to go, it doesn't matter. Like, you should feel like you can forgive yourself for not sticking to what you, you had planned kind of thing. Just yeah, that. yeah. I think that that's a pretty tough balance sometimes as well because I know, depending on the client, if, if I know, uh, I'm to say it without saying the wrong thing. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the client. So if if a client struggles a little more, um, maybe with like anxiety eating or something like that, then. I think you do sort of have to be a little more forgiving than somebody who's a bit thick, uh, somebody who doesn't deal with that sort of thing. Um, and then if they have a bit of a slip up, you can be like, come on, you know, you know, it's kind of not on, on part of the part of the process and okay, it's done now. Let's try and work it back. Whereas with others, you have to be a bit more like, okay, that's life. You know, we kind of, you know, that's it. These things are going to happen. How can we try and find the cues to stop that happening again? How can we, try to um, compensate if we can or if it's going to be too much of a stress to compensate then how can we uh, kind of look at it in a way that's not going to think oh fuck it let's just go off the rails um, and I think it's, it's a hard, really hard balance with, with different people and um, yeah it is but I, I suppose I'm coming more from the angle of like getting them to forgive themselves like I've got I, I've said to people like I've got nothing no, sorry, you've got nothing to ask for my forgiveness for because you're an adult, you do what the hell you like. Like, I'm not here to judge you or tell you what you should or shouldn't be doing. I can, I'll guide you certain ways, but you choose to do what you ever do. So you don't ever have to say to me, I'm sorry for I overate or whatever else because it's not my place to basically give you forgiveness. You need to forgive yourself. It's basically mm -hmm. the yeah. approach I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, I definitely get that, yeah. And um, yeah, I think that's a big thing with, especially if it's something like that they haven't, they don't suffer much or then some people really can beat themselves up about it um yeah, yeah uh, I, I i had a client text me this morning saying uh i had a bit of it you know started off the day was really good everything was fine went out for dinner had my, my meal that i picked out and planned and tracked had one glass of wine that led to having a bottle of wine um you know i've got my calories and and all that and then we worked it out and it's like well really you're actually just at maintenance level so you've stood still for the day and kind of breaking it down a little bit hopefully helps them uh, find that, that forgiveness of themselves yeah. um, and, and realise it's not it wasn't as bad as they maybe first thought and um, yeah so I um, would like to round up now because um, it's getting late it's late yes yeah, so Johnny's late. got to still do the good one bad one as he's put it or whatever it was <laughs> good product bad product that's something well it's it's, it's good product one mediocre <laughs> mediocre <laughs> so that's bad if it's mediocre it's bad so um, do, do you have these products available to show us yes I do 
Ooh, First one, it's a bit, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit broken, but. Right. Oh well, Holly, this isn't new. Okay. <laughs> a grenade, <laughs> carb killer, brownie. That's only been out about three years, but okay. Yeah, I think I only had like a couple of weeks ago. These these have only just hit the shops in uh, South Wales. They didn't B and M, was it? Like I don't know, pound or whatever they are. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. Good. Okay. And. Oh yeah, Caliphia almond milk, unsweetened vanilla almond milk. That is the milk from almonds. That is correct. Yeah, milk the almond. Yeah. So, what's the bad one and what's the good one? Well, um, actually, I'll tell you what, Ed, do you want to go? Or? Uh, I'm going to say the brownie was mediocre just because protein brownies are, and protein cookies are pretty shit. Have you had those? Uh, I'm not. Okay. You know, it's a brownie, also, not a cookie. Yeah, I know, but I'm just putting them in the same, you know. Bracket, okay. Bracket, yeah, because uh, they're both good normally. Well, the real versions are really good, but quite often these protein ones are pretty naff. And then the almond milk, I like a bit of almond milk. Okay. For what it is, you know, it's not full fat milk, but yeah. okay. for what it is. Um, I would, uh, I would usually agree with you on the brownie cookie front in that uh, most protein versions of cookies and brownies from any brands I've tried are pretty shit. Although, strangely. The Symix ones, which are quite standard, like brownie, I think my proteins are pretty similar, I quite like, as in, like, they're nothing like a brownie or a cookie, but they're just like a dry, crumbly, I'm really selling it, aren't I? Dry, crumbly thing. They're all right. I don't mind them. I can eat them. Um, a really boring flavor that's dry, yeah. crumbly, and pretty bland. It's actually quite good. <laughs> um, maybe I'm just a bit weird like that, where I think, yeah, they're right. Uh, however, those brownies are actually pretty decent, because they've got actually full big chocolate chunks in them, and nuts, and... Not quite a brownie texture, but quite a nice texture. So um, well, I'm going to say just, that that was the better one and that the almond milk was mediocre. You just but, cemented in my head that the brownie is naff because as soon as you put nuts in a brownie, I like nuts, I just don't like them in brownies. Stop it. It's not walnuts though because walnuts make brownies taste stale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Is, uh, but it's correct. This was very, very... Uh, double was pythons. Like, I don't think it even tasted vanilla. Even. No. It, need, it needed more vanilla. However, the, the brownie was very nice. Um, this has been Yorker. Sweetened almond milk is nice. Unsweetened yeah. is very, like, oof. And um, ironically, not, that's not, probably not even the right word. Um, I just do something different. So I actually had some unsweetened almond milk. What did I have it on? Cereal? I don't know. It was a couple of days ago. Um, I put sweetener in it. <laughs> So I, I basically get my, pour my cereal out, get a tablespoon of sweetener, granulated sweetener, which is like dust, it's like powder, isn't it? And just sprinkle it on my cereal and then pour my almond milk over the top and just give it a little stir. And um, so I've got sweetened milk. Makes it's sense. a bit like when people, apart from the calorie-saving aspect of it, um, when people buy the Kellogg's cornflakes and, stick sugar and then put, <laughs> put sugar just over it. Just buy Frosties. Buy Frosties, yeah, literally. <laughs> And frosties are fucking great as well. They are oh, great. Oh, yeah. It's only got 15 grams of protein. Yeah, I know. It's only, it's only 220 calories, though, so... Yeah, here's, a little, not, yeah. here's, a little, here's a little tip for all you listeners. Why don't you just go to eatlean.co.uk forward slash shop, go down to the little, uh, I don't know, cheese sticks, what are they called? Little snack bars, that's what they're called. Snack bars. 
buy yourself a few bags of those, use NN10 as a discount code, get yourself some money off. And then all you've got to do is have one snack bar, one brownie. There you go, 25 grams of protein. And for less than most protein bars, well, it's about 250-odd calories in total. Banging. Don't go wrong with that, can you? No, very good. you good. Pretty good check. Yes. So, um, cool. I enjoyed that one, Johnny. I like someone else doing the products, albeit mm. one's very, very old. And the other one, I think it's still been out for a while. But what what made you buy? Did you buy it to drink almond milk? Just as it was? No, put on CBR. Oh, right, okay. Well, I'll see well, you all. Just, just have interest before we sign off. What's the uh, per 100 mil calorie content of that? 17 calories. 17? Oh, that's all right then. That's um, not bad. Three grams of fat, 0.8 carbs, 0.5 sugars, 190 milligrams of calcium, 24% of the RI. Mm. Sure. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Most. I think most um, around the eleven, twelve calories per hundred mils almond milk unsweetened. And, and they've made a point for whatever reason. I'm saying it's gluten free. Why did they say that? <laughs> air, is, air is gluten free. Is it? So is water. Mm. Just I don't know. Just another stupid low saturated fat, one hundred percent vegan. Lactose free, soy free, and what the hell is that? Carrageenan free. Carrageenan. That is a thickening agent or a preservative agent. Okay, free enough. They often they often use that. I think it's carrageenan. I think it might come from a root of a plant or a tree or something. That I could be wrong. I don't know. Basically, but I know they use it in stuff to um, basically preserve and thicken stuff. So you'll often find them in ready to drink, like protein drinks and shakes and stuff. Carrageenan. Bloody hell, I'm knowledgeable, and I? I know so you're, much shit. You're a fountain of shit knowledge. Yeah. Right, on that note, you two beautiful people, let's enjoy the hottest day of the year tomorrow, or if you're listening on release day, the hottest day of the year today. Ooh, how hot's it going to be? I don't know, early 30, or maybe not the hottest day, but it's supposed to be like the hottest day of the bank holiday weekend anyway. It's supposed to be like 30 something. Yeah. I've been I've been working all weekend in uh, like gazebos as well, so it's been disgusting uh, how hot it's been yeah car said 28 today so um yeah so if it's 30 Mine i'm actually off tomorrow so happy days Mine was in the 30s down in the southeast of england oh you mean you always get a few more degrees all the way down there though what is it in south wales tomorrow do we think 23 with yeah it's like 23 in scattered showers probably <laughs> overcast let's see oh 22 <laughs> <laughs> Right, enjoy, boys. See you later. Right, bye. Say to Lou, Johnny. Toodle pep. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.